Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is a Formula One podcast hosted by just a couple of casual fans here in the United States of America. Uh, I am one of those hosts. My name is Corey Willis. I am a comedian, an improviser, and writer based out here in Los Angeles, California. And uh, I got my buddy here. Hey, bud. What's up? What's up, man? This is John Lapore. I'm a creative director designing future technologies uh, seen in film, in the tech space, and in automotive here on the East Coast, and a lifelong Formula One fan. That's right. Corey, uh, yeah. this, is, this is a very exciting moment for us, right? Yeah. We've been, yeah. Uh, uh, this is episode seven, but I think the previous six episodes have just been, they've just been a runway to this yeah. point. Yeah, because much, what what is what has happened this week? Oh God, we've got our first uh, actual Formula One Grand Prix of 2022, much Ooh. like the uh, first six days of testing. Uh, we had six episodes of testing and dialing in our format here, uh, and that format is going to be, we will be talking about the the race that just happened this week, um, and then also we're going to be making some predictions uh, and, and talking about some upcoming news uh, or potential news uh, that, that, that will be happening next week in Formula One. But... Um, yeah, this is the the first this is the first Grand Prix. This was it. We we were in Bahrain, uh the the Middle Eastern leg of the circuit uh is underway and uh yeah, wow, what a race we had this week, Johnny. What did uh what what did you think? Uh first off, super excited to be watching a race. Oh, yeah. Super excited to see the results of mm. this enormous set of rule and changes to the formula, the yeah. namesake of this sport, the formula has had the most drastic change that it's had a long time. That's and we right. got our first glimpse of what that meant for us. Corey, what it, what did you take from the change in the formula? Did the formula do what? And I guess the intent of the formula is uh, there's a number of different priorities, but probably priority number one is to ensure that the sport is engaging and exciting. How did you feel about this race? I mean, it was as engaging and exciting as almost any other race I have watched uh, since I've become a fan, uh, which is decades worth of races. I mean, we have literally uh, attended very exciting races together, John. And uh, we have we have attended exciting races separate uh, but this one, I have to say that it was, I think that the formula has, this is it. They, they, they threaded the needle, uh, that ever elusive, we got to get the cars to a point of where they can follow, where they can race each other. Um, it's happened. We, we have it. I mean, those cars looked like go-karts out there. They, they had that look. They could sit right on each other's back bumpers with absolute... I mean, I say bumpers as if these cars have bumpers. They don't have bumpers. Um, they, uh, these cars were, <laughs> were sitting right on uh, on the rear wings of each other, and there was no... They were, they were nose to tail. There was yeah. uh, there was some great action. I think Just we saw... no disruption uh, whatsoever, though. We saw it was some great. fun moves. I'll say, in general, the race was surprisingly clean, and surprisingly yeah. uh, stable or reliable up yes. to a point. 
Yes. Uh, and, yeah. and yeah. yeah, and it was, and it was cool to see. I mean, I, I got the sense again, up to a point that everybody did a good job adapting to the new formula very and, much and so moving forward. I mean, let, let's, yeah, I don't, I don't want to like tiptoe around. Let's just dive right in. What yeah, was we like, got him. we got him. What, what's, what's, I guess, what's the biggest, uh, all right, all right. I'm just going to jump in. Biggest takeaway from the race. Yeah. Ferrari one, two. One, the, two. It's, the bells are ringing in the town square of Marinello. It's the happening. guy that has to ring the bells went up, sh- like cleaned the dust off of those bells. Yeah. And, and went, went super hard on them. Uh, absolutely incredible. Like over 900 days since Ferrari has won a Grand Prix. Like that is wild. Um, uh, I think it was like 910 or something like that. Um, uh, And like the last time they won a Grand Prix one, two, uh, it was Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen uh, uh, as a one, two combo. But yeah, just Ferrari. This is the other thing too, is Ferrari, if... We didn't talk too much about them over the past several episodes because they didn't really bring any upgrades to testing. They did not bring updates. Mm-hmm. They did not bring upgrades. They just went in there, had a program, ran their program, looked very promising. Everyone in the paddock was like, oh, shit. I think Ferrari is I think Ferrari is back. They're like dialed in. There's like a certain level of confidence, a quiet confidence that's happening um with with Bonato on on down uh through through every single representative of that team where they were just like quietly calm and confident and oh wow was that warranted i mean we we got ferrari back we got him we're we're here yeah. we're yeah uh, in, absolutely incredible uh i'm also i mean i'm i'm thrilled to see it and i'm not like i'm not a die hard ferrari fan but I'm a fan of Formula One, and I, yeah. I think, and it, and there is a weird thing where Ferrari is inexplicably you tied to yeah. every fiber of Formula One. But yeah. I think when Ferrari does good, it is good for Formula One, and for that yes. reason alone, I'm super excited. I'm also excited because I'd like to consider that their their success in this race was solely had nothing to do with aerodynamics or engineering or driving skills, but it was just solely about the beauty of those incredible side pods, those pasta pods that they have on the side of that car overflowing with, with delicious regatta. And just, you know, just Just know that that's when when those cars, (laughs) when those cars (laughs) come uh, saucing their way down the track. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody just loses their mind and are just oh, yeah, just the, the flappy little ravioli uh, louvers uh, show. Everyone breathtaking, just like, like goes into slow motion, like it's that like scene in the movie yep. where everything goes into slow motion, but then the it's music a- starts playing. Yep, <laughs> yep, but, but then it's actually the cars are like literally slowing down because they're looking at how gorgeous the Ferrari is. Um, it's an Italian translation of "Who's That Lady" that's yeah. playing, and it's uh, it's it's gorgeous. I love it. Uh, uh, amazing. Yeah, I mean, Ferrari is uh, Ferrari is very much back. Um, they everyone they they had a strong weekend the whole weekend. Practice one, practice two, practice three. They were right up there in the top three every single time, every single session. And then Charles Leclerc putting that thing on pole, 
uh, right above Max Verstappen. And then we had Carlos Sainz right behind him. So we had uh, a little Ferrari sandwich uh, with with the Red Bull. And uh, I mean, I got to say also, like you said, that first lap looks so clean. The only issue I noticed was, I mean, Botas dropping eight slots right away, which was wild i don't i still don't yeah. know why that happened um but but also uh watching uh okan and uh schumacher connect uh and he spun mick um uh spun him 360 and mick dropped all the way back down um in 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 the standings which was unfortunate he recovered and almost scored points i mean mick schumacher john we almost watched mick schumacher score his first F1 points on a brand new formula debut like this. I'm telling you, Mick's got a strong car. Magnuson finished fifth, right? Like he finished did. What, what did he? So, so I, he K mag comes in out of the complete <sighs> darkness, gets into a car stone cold this weekend, shows up, takes a team who last season were at the back of the back of the back of the pack we're back like a, back. we're a and, joke <laughs> and we're and and came in and is in a first race stone cold fifth place unbelievable and i think that's i think that's one of the major if not the biggest story of this race is k mag coming out of left field yeah haas coming out of left field yeah. haas coming back up and i mean haas haas in the pre mazapin days they weren't full-on back markers. No, they were midfield. They were solid midfield. I mean, yeah. But this is literally a showing where it looks like, wait a second, are Haas the, the very best out of our traditional varsity players? Like outside yeah. of outside it's, of Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes, is it then next? Haas is that yeah. the, is that what we're looking at in there 2022? There is this best of the rest. There's this thing that is that is uh it's that's called the best of the rest and that is exactly what you're describing. We've got the the top tier teams. It's usually just two teams, but now it looks like we've got three teams in the mix here with Ferrari, Red Bull and Mercedes being these top teams. And then the best of the rest is usually McLaren. Usually they show up and it's like, okay, McLaren. I mean, that is like, that, that is to be expected, right? Um, uh, Alpine would be expected to be best of the rest. Alpha Tari, the junior Red Bull team expected to potentially be the best of the rest. But the fact that Haas, a Ferrari junior team, let's just call it what it is. It is the Ferrari junior mm-hmm. team. It is. They, it is. They, they showed up. Also, this truly shows that Ferrari. They had the front half of the grid. Those cars lined up, and almost every single car in the top 10 outside of the Mercedes and one Alpine were Ferrari-powered motors. Like, that is, that also shows. Okay, so that's a really interesting lens to view this race through, is where did the motors finish? Because at the very back of the pack of finishing cars... Are all of the good. cars with Mercedes engines? It's not looking good. Well, almost not all of them. Single. Yeah, we've had. We're, we're going to get the to two, the. We're going to get to the to the back of the back of the pack. Well, well, uh, the, the back in, in of the cars here. that finished. Yes. I said the cars yes. that finished. That finished. That actually finished the race. Yeah, yeah. And 
and that's that's very disconcerting it sounds like that's that's a huge issue and of course um an incredible uh challenge to be seen for for the, the folks at McLaren. I think that's the biggest tragedy of this race. It, hurt, it hurts seeing, my heart to see uh, them running at the back. See Daniel Ricardo, Lando Norris, way, way down, struggling yeah. to keep up through this whole race, looking like they were defenseless yeah. um, this whole time. Like I almost feel like Daniel Ricardo has become the new fernando alonso of of linking up with a team only yep. to see them spiral uh the moment the moment he climbs into their car um uh pretty pretty rough and and also was evident you know the whole weekend from practice to qualifying yeah it wasn't looking and of good. course today um, on on race yeah. day yeah um all right so while on the subject of engine no. suppliers oh boy uh there were there were uh a few cars there were three cars that did not finish the race i can't i can't help but like grin ear to ear here with this and i johnny and i were were texting earlier today and i i texted something that i didn't realize i felt that i didn't realize i thought um i am not this kind of person i am not this kind of sports fan i'm usually the kind of fan who roots for my team and does not root for the failure of other teams. Well, I think I think it's let's be clear because we're we are this is a podcast where I think it's within our best intention to to speak to as wide an audience as possible. And yeah, I think in doing absolutely. that, we 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 it's our obligation to do our best not to turn it into like a let's root for who we root for sort yeah. of uh, sort of thing. Um, yet. I, I know I know it's it's running I know I know what's running through your veins and I know <sighs> that uh for for you uh you uh, your the, the text that uh you sent me before you went into deep disclosure of it cuz I, I you didn't have to do that I already knew what was <laughs> yeah, going yeah, on yeah, I know I, I think like you backed said up why I, think, I felt yeah I, the way I think, that I do I think yeah. you said my hands are hurting from clapping so hard Yes. And what what was it that you were clapping for, Corey? Now, I again, I am not the kind of person who who does this. But as soon as I saw Verstappen dropping back in pace and I saw that he was on that final corner and it wasn't going to yellow flag the race either and it wasn't going to potentially red flag the race, I erupted in applause because I just want Red Bull to lose. I think that is my issue. I just, I want them to lose. I want them to like lose fantastically. I cannot stand Christian Horner's smarm and just Helmet Marco's arrogance. Uh, uh, and I, I fin- Johnny, I finished up Drive to Survive. I finished up watching the, the Netflix uh, series here. And I think Susie Wolf said it best where it was like, you don't have to be an asshole to win. And like that is, that is like a central philosophy of who I am as a person. Is like you do not have to be an asshole in any situation, but especially not in order to like secure a win. And that is the route that Horner has taken. That is the route that Yoss Verstappen has taken. That is the route that Helmut Marco has taken. And it just it it hurts me to like root against 
uh, Max Verstappen, and it hurts me even more to root against Perez because, like, I want to see both of them. They're both great drivers. I just don't want to see a Red Bull win a race. And if at all possible, I want to see a Red Bull, like, lose exactly the way that Red Bull lost, which is, like... <laughs> Such spectacular form. And I'm sorry, so, again, I, I apologize so, so, for, for so being I, this biased, I, but wow, I, it caught me by surprise. I have I have feelings along those lines. I'd like to think that I'm like slightly better medicated than you and able to, you know, <laughs> yeah, manage that's, that's that's some fair. of these yeah. some of these sensations. Uh because I, I I'm still hurting over last season. I'm a I'm a Hamilton fan. I do think Verstappen's an incredible talent and I love watching him race and, and I, yeah. I think I'm a fan of his his rise yeah. through the sport. Um, but there was something that for me sitting on, on the couch and watching this, when the radio communication started going from Max and you hear him going like, what, you know, what's going on with the steering? Get the, f- the steering sorted. And he's, yeah. and he's getting, the, the battery's not, I'm losing patent. Just like the more upset he was getting. I wasn't, I wasn't quite clapping i was doing the like wringing my hands of squeezing my fists <laughs> yeah. together and just Which like ooh, maybe more sinister ooh, yeah. this is this is delicious i yeah. love this yeah. this is this is wonderful keep this keep this coming my way and then yeah when <sighs> when his car went in uh i was uh i was i was very happy i thought it was i thought it was a pretty exciting moment in the race for me and obviously a significant moment um, just for the the story of the start of this season, yeah, and then of course immediately followed by his teammate. One lap later, I having mean, what appeared to be the exact same issues, yeah, and it, it should be noted that these two cars were not the only two cars that didn't finish the race and just happened to finish it on the second to last and the very last race, which is like the absolute worst way to yeah. you know, you show up to uh, what, how long was the race? It was like, you know, 75 laps or uh, something. 50, and this, they, is, and this one was 57 laps, this uh, 57 this, laps. Yeah, thank you. yeah. 57 laps. And they showed up with the, with the car that was absolutely perfect for 55 and a half laps. Yep. And uh, that's that's got to be heartbreaking for them. Um, but also worth noting that uh, Pierre Gasly's AlphaTauri did not finish. Yep. Uh, we saw his car completely shut down. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, the engine going up in flames as he was climbing out of the car. Yeah. Do we, Corey, what so do we know about did, what's going yep. on with um, with these three cars, which all share a that Honda Red motor. Bull yeah. powertrain. It's, uh, yeah. So, so this is a uh, Red Bull powertrains are Honda Motors kind of rebadged and rebranded for Formula One specifically. Uh, so, uh, uh, Craig Scarborough is this uh, amazing technical analyst uh, and engineer uh, who uh, who does a lot of consulting for F1, and he found this. Uh, he usually does this kind of thing. Uh, if Sam Collins, who is uh, the F1 TV tech uh, specialist, if he doesn't figure this out, Craig Scarborough, his partner, always does. Uh, so Scarbs figured out that this was a fuel pump issue in the Red Bull. Now, uh, the 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 thing that 
kind of reins back my delight is that this is a spec part. This is a this is a part that mm-hmm. is provided by the FIA. Uh, so the way that that that. Formula One works is there are regulatory parts, there are spec parts, there are parts that every every single vehicle has on it that are, are to specification. That is like what spec part means. It's to a very specific technical specification, and they all have to match perfectly. Now, this is one of the parts that failed in the Red Bull. Uh, and doing a little bit more deep dive on this was Red Bull during testing never did low fuel race simulation runs they never tried those now what some of the other teams discovered when they did those simulations and those low fuel runs is the new fuel that they're using which is uh, an e10 fuel it's uh, a a fuel that has some bio uh, fuel it's a sustainable fuel that has been upgraded as part of the formula this year uh, part of the unseen part of the formula that has been upgraded Uh, and that fuel runs a little bit warmer than it normally would than the normal fuel that they've been using for the past several years. So this fuel runs a little bit warmer when it is at low volume. Uh, and basically what happened was the electronic circuit that monitors the fuel pump. Uh, so it takes the fuel from the fuel bladder and puts it at the top of the engine so that it can then drop down into the engine to be burned up. And that's when you get the actual uh, fuel burn. Now that failed uh, the component that sucks that fuel up from the actual bladder into the components uh, uh, that spray fuel uh, into these pistons, that failed. So that meant that there was no fuel going to the engine uh, at that point. So the engine literally just stops working, which is what you saw happen with Checo when he went around that turn. His engine just shut off, which is why he like rotated and just stopped. The car did not roll to a stop at all. It just shut down. Basically, the engine not seizes up, but that part of the engine no longer functions. The whole thing just shuts down. Yeah, now, it's, that, it's that much of a of a drag on it just the powertrain that it can lock the wheels, basically, exactly from, because of that shift in uh, in in output. Exactly. So this this component, the reason it failed supposedly, is the fluid that uh that it actually uses um it it basically overheated and fried the circuitry uh of the fuel pump so all right so so with this being a spec part yes is should everybody be looking out for these problems why was it only the the red everybody bulls that were having this did. issue so everybody did look out for this everyone did notice this and red bull when the cars were pulled up to the grid after qualifying every other team was allowed to go in and change this fuel pump and red bull opted not to change it so it is on Red Bull. It's not that the fuel pump failed. It's that Red Bull did not stress test this specific component. What you're saying is it's specifically on Christian Horner because he was he busy uh, meeting with some yep. some some Saudi sheiks to go do some uh, clay shooting yep. out some, in the desert. Some weird water polo uh, that involves horses uh, and not humans. Yep. Um, <laughs> 
but uh, but yeah, that's uh, wait. I'm sorry. Are you suggesting that Christian Horner participates in some weird international water polo league where they ride on humans? <laughs> yes, is that what yes. you're? Is that well, what they you're ride on, on uh, on their hybrid humans. They're half human, so they're centaurs, basically. They're centaurs. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. No, that makes sense. So they there's a. I mean, there's a whole backstory to how they bred and formulated these centaurs. Yeah, but we'll yeah. save that for another podcast. Yeah, that's that'll maybe be on an off week. Um, so that is uh. <laughs> that that is what happened with uh with with the Red Bull powertrains. So that is a thing that is an easily solvable problem. So I don't think that Red Bull will be seeing this next time. However, Pierre Gasly also running a Honda powertrain. Now, the component that failed on his motor is the MGUK. Now, that is the recapture uh that is the energy recapture component on these hybrid motors. So basically, there is an MGUH and an MGUK. MGUH recycles exhaust gases to help further the power of the motor. The MGUK recycles some of the fuel, uh, sorry, not the fuel, the actual kinetic energy from the engine itself. When it slows down or when the wheels slow down, there is a motor that generates energy from that, and that is the MGUK. Now, that is the component that failed on Pierre Gasly's car. And if you notice, earlier in the race, Max Verstappen said, I think I'm having some problem with my engine brake. Engine braking is a direct mm. correlation to the MGUK function. So that is literally what the MGUK does. Now, I'm not saying that that is what the problem was. And Max does often reference that he's having problem with engine braking. But the fact that that failed on the AlphaTauri and was also a problem that Max brought up earlier before the steering issue, before they like bent up, uh, which they did during a pit stop. They like bent one of the control arms and that was why he was complaining about the steering. So that was like a real complaint. Um, but the thing that was not addressed is that he had supposedly had issues with engine braking earlier in the Grand Prix. And then Pierre Gasly had a catastrophic failure because, again, that component failed. And that is what set that car afire, is when that component failed, it had so much heat and energy stored up in it that the fluid that it keeps uh, that keeps it cold has an oil mixture in it, and it just ignited the oil. So it literally just like set the whole thing on fire. Um, so what you're saying is it was a classic use it or lose it. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite, quite. Yeah. I mean, that, that heat was going somewhere and it ended up burning out the back of that Alpha Tari. Um, yeah. So that's that was, amazing. those, those were the issues. Those were the actual issues. Uh, the, 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 the official issues with these Red Bull powertrains. Um, so one right, is a so serious issue, very serious. The MGUK thing, very serious could cause a problem down the line. The other one is an easily fixable thing. Uh, so we'll see what that what, what, what results from that. So I, I want to turn the topic to Mercedes, who we mm. haven't touched on even once. No, yet. haven't mentioned them. Um, all right. That's so so we're so disciplined. We're so good at. Not yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're so unbiased. Yeah. So unbiased. <laughs> Look at us. Uh, so uh, Mercedes uh, showed up at as they had in. When it's during testing and they're like 
looking around to each other and they're muttering to everyone, oh, we're not going to be able to keep up with those Red Bulls or those Ferraris. They're going to blow our doors off. Everybody yeah. takes it with a grain of salt. On uh, Friday practice, they were still going on with that. And it's and I it seemed to be settling in a little bit. And people were like, yeah. oh, just look at their body language. They look really bummed out. But I think there I, I, I mean, even I personally was like, they still got they they haven't so activated yeah. secret mode x whatever it is uh and qualifying uh they did not impress oh. and during the race uh they had they got hamilton onto the podium in third place they had george russell right behind him and it's very telling that for the mercedes team catching third place seemed like a huge win yeah. for them that felt like a win i mean even as a fan who is not up to snuff on all of their all the struggles seeing them make a third and fourth finish i was like that feels like a fucking win <laughs> for, for for the most yeah. dominant team of the decade yeah to just to just manage to like just barely not miss the bus that yeah. was a win for them and uh what what do, what do you think this means for the rest of the season for for mercedes well i think that mercedes is definitely going to figure it out i i have no doubt in my mind that they will they'll figure it out um i, I said this before um and i still believe that they're not necessarily sandbagging but they are struggling a little bit uh and once they figure out how to run that car at a much lower ride height i think it's a wrap um they just need to figure out basically what's happening with them and lewis kind of alluded to it is that they need they need more downforce on the back of that car um the the porpoising the bouncing effect is unsettling the rear of that car to the point where they've had to raise the ride height and they've had to sacrifice performance. So I think once they do figure that out, they will be easily contending for uh, for a win. Um, uh, I absolutely believe that 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 they will be they will be contending for for not just podium spots but actual race wins uh, and maybe even the championship. Um, I still have now. Now I mentioned an episode or two ago, and clearly I missed the mark. I thought this porpoising issue was something that was it was while an anomaly or an aerodynamic fluke it would be something that would be easily handled by the aerodynamicists yeah me too and i'm, I'm kind of shocked that me too the best minds in the sport were not able to rein this in and i mean watching you could see the car noticeably shuddering up yeah. and down and when you'd see those onboards and you would see Lewis Hamilton's helmet popping in and out like of the bottom of the head. television like it frame. It literally like, looked like bobblehead dolls. Like it was. I mean, that's got to be awful. That's yeah. got to be like, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, but that's the thing is that I, I got that wrong too. I assumed that they would figure it out. And I also got it wrong. I, I was under the impression that they were going to bring a huge floor upgrade. Uh, and that was, I mean, maybe they did bring that huge floor upgrade. And that's why they were able to be as competitive as they were. But that they're struggling, uh, and it does 
it does look that way. It does not seem mm-hmm. as though they are, uh, they're, they're, they're sandbagging in any way. Um, uh, and maybe they have in the past and not maybe they have in the past. They absolutely have in the past, uh, which is why everyone was like, Oh, Mercedes is going to be fine. But seeing them this first race weekend, seeing the body language, um, seeing how excited Toto was. Did you watch the, the, the post race interviews at all? That Toto looked like he won the race. That I've it's wild to see him that enthused. He looked about he looked like a finish. little Austrian boy on Chris on Christmas morning. I mean, uh, un, unwrapping his uh, Conan the Barbarian doll. Yeah, uh, he looked absolutely ecstatic, and that was like yeah that that to that me that's telling. that's actually sort of haunting. It's uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, which I think you were you were right. I think you early on when 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 testing began, you were saying that the way that Red Bull was carrying itself, and also the fact that Max signed that long term contract, that was like a bit of a signal that Red Bull are on top of their game, and I think they are, and I think that Mercedes, for the first time in almost a decade, is really truly having to like reassess uh, the choices that they've made from a design perspective. Um, every single year, they seem to be great. They seem to have a very good idea of what they need to do uh, to win races and to develop these cars to the point of where they will be championship contenders. I gotta say, it feels as though they're kind of scratching their head right now. Um, and that's, as again, as a fan, that's a, that is like upsetting. Uh, that is like not, you know, doesn't keep me up at night because I'm not that uh, obsessed with it, but it definitely, like, when the sessions are about to start, I do think, hmm, this, uh, this isn't looking great. Um, and that's, that's what I saw this weekend. Um, so scanning through the results, um, you know, just looking at the the rest of the pack, uh, or mm-hmm. at least the top 10, uh, we've got Botas and six in the Alfa Romeo. And I think Massive. that's it's it's that's definitely pretty big. Uh we've got Ocon in the Alpine in seventh. Yeah. We've got uh Yuki in the Alphatari. In eighth the place. only Honda motor to finish the, the race. The only, uh, the only, yeah, the only red, quote unquote, Red Bull red powertrain. Yeah, yeah. To finish, to finish the race. Good, good job, <laughs> Yuki, for not, I, not I having truly you, your car catch on fire. Considering like what, like how much like guff he got from Franz uh, Tost and uh, from from Helmet last year when he was having a bad spell, I love that he's like the representative of uh, Red Bull uh, uh, Motors. <laughs> um, I, I love that; it's so good. Um, uh, we've got we've got Fernando in the mm-hmm. other Alpine. That's right, ninth. double, Great double to point see. score for for Alpine. That is. That can't be discounted. That's huge. That is no. That's that's enormous for for those guys. That's a that's a very very big deal. Yeah. And then in tenth place, Guan Yu Zhou. He did it. First race ever, and yeah. he's in the points. I mean, yeah. that's. I think that's pretty pretty powerful. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. All right. So I mean, yeah. 
wild race. Uh, Truly a wild race. I mean, just uh, action. It, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the most insane. It had a lull in the middle of it. But I mean, damn, an outstanding beginning to the race. Yeah. An incredible duel. We haven't even touched on this. This exhilarating duel between uh, Verstappen and Leclerc, where I mean, they traded first place uh, four or five times over the course of two and a half laps. Yeah, and it I was mean, that that I was like, I was literally like, if this is what the regulations have have they did us, it. If, yeah, then that's that's perfect. Like, give me. Give me every, you know, give me every single lap of the race like this. I'm, I'm here for it. Give it to me until I'm tired of it. Like uh, I had, uh, I had that like, um, uh, Jeff Goldblum moment, uh, in Jurassic Park, uh, where he's like, "You did it, you son of a bitch, you did it." Um, like they, <laughs> they did it. They actually, they made, they made racing very fun to watch. I mean, it is. And if it's this, so this is the other thing too, John, is like as people who have attended the race, if it's that fun to watch on TV, watching these cars that close to each other on track in person is going to be phenomenal. And I cannot wait to, to see these in person. I mean, I, I will say, so wow. I'm, I'm a, I'm a bit of a geek about this stuff but i'm always fascinated watching how the broadcast is produced for every race yes. and yes. uh being the first race of the season uh there's some things that uh, maybe we could talk about at other time like there's new graphics and a new intro and yeah. you know all these extra little embellishments and details there's even some new stats or information that they're presenting during the race uh, but also with that comes a lot of glitches in the first race. Like there was like a number of different like glitches or weird things that that popped up as mistakes. I will say, though, during that Verstappen Leclerc battle, mm -hmm. there was one cameraman who yeah. was positioned and the race director, you know, sent the feed to this guy's camera as they were approaching a corner and this cameraman caught the most incredible view. It starts wide and it's looking at the cars side by side. He yeah. snap zooms in to the most intimate view of these cars neck and neck in profile view. Like it was the one of the most like beautiful pieces of uh, race cinematography that yeah. I've seen in a live sporting event period. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe if I have a moment, I'll try and make a gif of it or or something and throw it up on our on our Twitter. But it, that struck me, and I was just like, "Yeah, this yeah. is this is what we are here for." I want to see, I want to see Formula One like through the eyes of Top Gun director Tony Scott, and and yes. see it presented with this like incredible vibrancy and just this like visceral action. Uh, super super awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I'm. I'm not going to discount the fact that you know uh, I might be, I might be all bottled up from a whole from like several months of there being no actual racing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I it mean, was very exciting to see. I, I think the formula is going in the right direction, and yeah. I think it is too. Um, it it, it really is. Uh, uh it's it's. I, I will not often commend the people who run F1. Um. The, 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 I mean, Domenicali, like, sure. Um, uh, 
Russ Braun, sure. But usually when they get together, this whole like um, creating rules through committee, through people who want to make this more sensational, it tends to have the exact opposite effect. Um, when they make huge changes to the formula, to the, to the format, it has been, they've come up so short, like so short in the past. So the fact that they well, nailed it's also, I everything. mean, it's a foundational part of the sport is that the rules are hurdles that are yeah. put in front of the teams for them to cleverly negotiate their way around yeah. these hurdles to basically legally cheat those rules in order to achieve the results that they want. And, and, and it's appreciated. It's part of the sport. It's part of the gamesmanship or these clever engineering solutions that they come up with where they can say, well, this is technically to the rules. You just didn't think that we would interpret them yeah. in this wild card fashion and whatnot. That's, that's where you um, get this term of it's in the spirit of the rules. You will almost certainly hear that phrase over and over again, especially as the season goes on and as development uh, picks up uh, and is really unpacked and investigated. Uh, you'll see people saying, uh, and Russ Braun is one of the most recent people, one of the guys who made the rules uh, over the past couple of years has said that like, you know, the, the Mercedes like slim side pod is not necessarily in the spirit of the rules, uh, which I get. I mean, I get that like sometimes these teams do go find clever ways that make it seem as though they found cheats instead of ways to navigate the rules. Um, uh, it seems like they're getting around the rules versus like navigating the rules, which I, I appreciate that. And I think honestly, just to go back to Ferrari, when they had to basically like scrap their motor program, I think that was mm -hmm. why it left such a bad taste in our mouths. Um, watching Ferrari succeed and seeing them have so much pace out of nowhere, it did feel as though they were cheating and that they just were not adhering to the rules instead of navigating the rules. And then when enough teams protested, they had to like uh, make a secret backdoor deal um, and basically be like, you know what? We were not operating within the rules, not just the spirit, but like the rules themselves were not being adhered to. So, seeing Ferrari operate within the like operate within the spirit of the rules and then also navigating the rules in such a clever way with these gorgeous louvered side pods with just the way that they've uh they've designed that car it really is that is why I think I appreciate Ferrari doing so well not just that it's not Red Bull beating Mercedes but the fact that like it is a legendary team a foundational team to the sport navigating the rules in such like a professional and elegant and uh and like non-braggadocious way right like mm -hmm. the way that i mean i think that that's got a lot to do with uh um with 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 mateo like he definitely is this like very like composed team principal who is like understated and humble and doesn't like really you know he walks quietly but carries a big stick and i think that that makes a big difference I've always me. felt bad. I've always yeah. felt bad for the Ferrari team principal, whoever they are at any given time, because I yeah. feel like it's that it's that same thing where like any time that they don't completely blow the doors off of their opponents, 
it's like that that story that you hear of the Italian soccer player who accidentally like scored an own goal and yeah. then like the, the fans murdered him murdered after him. the game. Literally, you know, yeah. like that's yeah, that's the sense that I get is that like literally like you know, every every day that the Ferrari team is not at the top of the rankings in Formula One. There are uh, Italian uh, Nonas that are crying their eyes out uh, and, you know, just cursing them uh, over over Sunday dinner. Uh, It's 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 and and that just seems and I mean, you know, uh, that's that's the worst. I mean, you can ask any any Italian to have the the Nona be cursing you at dinner. That's yeah. Yeah. As someone who's not Italian, I can only imagine um uh that that great shame of uh disappointing a matriarch um yeah that's uh it's 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 great to see ferrari back on form uh so john what did we get wrong uh before we get out of here what did we get wrong um uh when when we were talking about what we were expecting to see uh this this race this race weekend uh, what mm. do you remember anything specific? No, that- I, I don't. I don't remember any any claims that I had made previously. Is I have the memory yeah. of a goldfish, and I and I hold no responsibility for any statements that I make. I will say that uh, I was really psyched about the uh, at least presentation of the Aston Martin car. Yes, and it uh, it was pretty much uh, floundering near the 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 very back of yeah. the pack. Yeah, back the the back of the pack is looking pretty uh pretty pretty sad. I mean, considering who's back mm-hmm. there. Uh that's that's not a it's not a good look to have uh McLaren and Williams uh and Aston Martin uh at the back of the pack. I mean, I've literally just named three British teams uh and and they're like again just as much as Ferrari is like the foundation of Formula 1 uh british motor sport and british race racing car driving is like the reason we have formula one so yeah, these the, are these are not recent franchises to no, the sport by no, any no, means no, no um so it is it's tricky to see that i do i do want to give uh, a big old shout out here uh to alex albon as well for for hopping back into mm-hmm. The operation. I uh, didn't score points, but this is one of the best finishes that Williams has had. Uh, even yep. though they are running at the back of the pack, they definitely made their way to the midfield with Alex Albon uh, at the wheel there. So huge, huge shout out to him. Uh, also, um, just a, a quick shout out for the first time in the history of Formula One, uh, we have three Asian drivers uh, uh, mm-hmm. on the grid. Uh, so we've got uh, Zhou Guan Yu from China. We've got Alex Albon, who races under the Thai flag. And we've got Yuki Tsunoda, who's a Japanese driver. Which, I mean, like, I know that Formula One has been focused big on diversity and inclusion. And having three Asian drivers on the grid, uh, having uh, multiple um, representatives from the W Series, right? Like uh, having uh, Naomi, who is like one of the the drivers in the W Series. She's an actual correspondent with F1 TV, right? Like bringing all these faces that you wouldn't normally see uh, and putting them in front of the camera, I think is really, really big. And having people who can cheer for their own drivers, cheer for their own national uh, representatives 
is huge. I mean, we talked we've talked about the fact that the Japanese Grand Prix uh, is a result of the fans, right? Think of yep. the, the the potential power of a Chinese fan base. I mean, it's already huge um, by itself, but they've never had a Chinese driver. They've only had Sebastian yeah. Vettel, who they've been like really, really uh, focused on and really big as as supporters. So the fact that they now have a Chinese national driver who's proudly flying uh, the Chinese flag uh, and getting race results like this right at the jump. Uh, it's just massive. Uh, it's massive for the sport. Um, it's massive for diversity and inclusion. Uh, and I think it's, it's what we all want to see in the sport. Um, are different people from different places all driving, uh, uh, these amazing cars. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, it, it, my, my hope is that it, it really pays off the international scope of this sport. Yeah. I mean, I think of Formula One when I'm trying to describe Formula One to people who are very unfamiliar with it, which I come across all the time yeah, as normal. an American fan, is I try to describe it as like it's the highest level of motorsport and engineering and skill and and the science of motor racing, but it's also a Olympic caliber international scope event. That travels yeah. around the world, and rather than it being uh, Europeans bouncing around the globe, I think it's great for the 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 series to have as many as many different locations, but also as many different drivers, and hopefully more and more teams from different locations. And yeah. so, uh, the, uh, I'll I'll use this as an opportunity to spin into the thing I always like to to touch base with. Uh, did Formula One stock go up? In the United States today, I think it went up massively. Um, I think the the success of the Grand Prix, the success of an American badged team, um, that just is massive. And right off the 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 heels of the Drive to Survive release, there's been a huge buzz on Twitter and through social media over the past week that I think yeah. having a race that not only was entertaining but also saw a safety car in the closing laps of the race and to have like a redemption of the safety car protocols. I know that this is like very <laughs> like it's so nuanced and so specific, but to see safety car protocols adhered to the right way, uh, it was really, really impressive. Um, it was really, really enjoyable. And like as someone who, kind of lost a little bit of faith in the sport and then a little bit of uh, uh, faith in the rules, seeing that rolled out properly and no one like getting all skittish and weird, um, especially when there were like chips were down, right? Like, I mean, Red mm -hmm. Bull was also right there. This was like a reenactment. We just swapped out uh, Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton. We had Max Verstappen attacking on like the closing laps. Uh, with fresh tires, right? Like it was a very similar feel. So it was really good to see that. We had, so. we had unlapped cars sent around. Yeah. But all did, six. All the, of the all of correct, them. Correct. All of them instead of any. Uh, so fun yeah. to have to treat these teams like toddlers where it's like, no. Yeah. When I said the word no, I didn't mean to know something. I meant no, the negative. Um, like it's... It was just so, great to see that. So I think, yeah, yeah I think so the stock I, went up. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think uh, the the good things were 
first and foremost, exciting race. Uh, second, seeing the American Haas team have one of their best showings ever. Yeah. And then third, I'll, I'll even say Ferrari winning, not because I'm an Italian American in New Jersey, but, uh, but just because yeah. of <laughs> Ferrari as, as an icon of the sport. Uh, yes. I think there's, uh, there's there's a lot of equity in that and i think that's a that's a terrific thing so excited to uh excited to see the season get off to an awesome start and also excited because we've only got uh 7 days until our next race or yeah. 5 days the until is, the cars hit the track again the circus is already packed up and it's already on its way to another location um uh and uh we're looking at the the saudi arabian grand prix um, we're going to be heading to, uh, to the, to the coastal city of, uh, Jeddah, uh, to, to get another high speed street circuit race. Uh, very, very excited to see what these cars look like on a street circuit. Um, it, it's, it's great to see them on like a proper, like Moto GP course. It's great to see that. Like, uh, um, uh, like I get that, that, that was what, Bahrain was kind of designed as, uh, but this is Jetta. Jetta is designed specifically for Formula One cars, and I'm really excited to see what it looks like. Uh, if the Ferraris can be at the top of uh, of the podium still, um, what? Yeah, what's your what's yeah. your what's your call for for next week? What are we going to see happen in the race? Uh, I mean, I would love to see. I'm still uh, uh, fully backing my boy Carlos Sainz. Um, he in 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 these in the race interviews, the post race interviews, he said today his one of his strongest races, one of his strongest finishes. He openly was like, "I still don't have a good feel for the car. I still am struggling with the car. I'm still thinking more than I mm. want to when I'm driving. I'm not just reacting." Once that boy gets all of like once he gets like in the zone with that car, I think we're going to see him potentially like lead Ferrari in the second half of the season. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm I'd, like I'd love to see it. I I would love to see, it, and I love that his pedigree is in the most psychotic form of of racing where it's his father was wild. one of the greatest world yeah. rally championship drivers ever. And to see that sort of, you know, approach brought to this more like delicate and fragile world it of really Formula is. One. Like you can't uh, get more like part of the like the 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 racecraft and rally is like weight transfer, is like make mm -hmm. like building up momentum in a weird part of the car in order to like swing that part of the car in a way it's not supposed to. And then you have Formula One, which is like just the most antithetical to that as you could possibly be where it's like we mm -hmm. keep the weight low we keep it evenly distributed we know exactly where all of like the momentum where the shift will happen where the car will yeah. rotate and, and also just grip 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 just grip yeah, yeah yeah like a, a like a rally car is the kind of car that they're like yeah sure we could throw that thing off a ramp and send it through the air an f1 car is like yeah. no we can't have any air in places where, where it can't be or else the car doesn't work anymore um like, it's wild um yeah uh all right well yeah what do you think yeah i mean i i i really like your outlook um but what i like is not 
what I think will happen. I think we're yeah. going to see Red Bull 1 2. Yeah. I think we're going to see Ferrari 3 4. And then I think we'll be lucky to see one Mercedes uh, in the, fifth. Yeah. I think and there's so going to be, if not Haas, there's going to be some other wild card uh, nipping at, at sixth, maybe yeah. even getting into the top five. Yeah. That's my that's my pick for 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 next week, and I think we'll also potentially see some other reliability issues that haven't been accounted for yet. I think that'll so. pop I, up and plague hey, some that, of the teams. I'm I'm happy to admit that that is something I got very very wrong. I I fully anticipated there being serious reliability issues, uh, particularly with yeah, Alpine, I, I, and there was nothing um yeah I, I thought i thought it was exceptional that we didn't that we only saw the three red bull power trains go yeah. poof and that there wasn't a lot of other issues and different kinds of issues and whatnot um i think it, there, it's and that it was interesting didn't to see the season start with that kind of stability i wrote it down that didn't happen until lap 47 of a 57 lap race so the fact that 10 laps out was when the first and only reliability issues happened, which were the fuel issues with, with the Red Bulls. That was the only reliability issue that happened. That was really, really impressive. Um, so I got that wrong. I'm happy to admit that I got that wrong. I hope that we won't see reliability issues next week because it is a street circuit, and that means it's tougher to get those cars off the circuit if something does go wrong. Uh, it's a long circuit, so if it goes wrong past mm -hmm. that pit straight then that's a long way for a car to limp around it's like a six plus mile track like that's a long way for uh those cars to go slow uh, while other cars are going blisteringly fast um so yeah hopefully it won't be that bad i would love to see mick score some points i would love to see yeah. Mick. i mean yeah, yeah. i, I want to see mick I, win I a race but like i want to i don't think i don't i don't I don't think that next weekend is when we'll see that, but we're okay. going to see it happen in the first half of the season. Okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident of that. I think we're also going to see a lot of other shuffling and adapting. We won't see it next weekend because it's such no. a quick turnaround, but I think uh, in the coming months, we're going to see a, a little bit of everybody settling in to the new formula yeah, and so adapting, too. but also stealing whatever seemed to be the best insights or conclusions that all the other teams have come to. But yeah. all in all, hey, this is it. We're, is we're it. off we're and running. It. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so excited. It. So excited. All right. Well, folks, uh, we're going to leave you with that, uh, with our, our, our ridiculous seeping excitement. Um, that sounded awfully Tee. gross. Uh, <laughs> all right, folks. Well, um, uh, please uh, follow us. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We are the F1 Files on Twitter. Uh, also, Johnny, where can uh, where can the folks find you uh, uh, on online? You can catch me at Johnny Motion on Twitter. It's where I'm the most active. Drop me a line anytime if you want to geek out on Formula One or anything related to the world of uh, design, film, technology, and automotive. Yeah. And uh, I am Burn Corey Burn on all the social media stuff. Uh, and you can uh, talk shop uh, about design stuff too, but not nearly as much. Um, I'm more focused on the world of make em ups and funnies. Uh, so, um, yeah, if you, you, you got some great comedy that you want to send my way, I guess, yeah. Um, 
uh, uh, we could we could chop it up about that. Um, but yeah, folks, uh, follow us on social media. Track us down. Uh, we are also on Reddit as the F1 Files, so you can find us there and reach out to us there. Uh, but until next time, we will see you next week on the F1 Files. <laughs>